It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Jason Lloyd. Plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. You're watching the PCC Airfoils Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. PCC Airfoils, keeping the engines of change moving forward. Booyah! Welcome one and all. It is the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on WKYC. And for the first time ever, we could say we are doing this show with the Browns, a playoff team. Yes, they clinched the playoffs yesterday. We're going to talk all about it here today on Channel 3 WKYC. Amongst the things we'll talk about, I'm going to tell you why I think Miles Garrett locked up the Defensive Player of the Year award. Tyvis. I'm Tyvis Powell, and I'm going to tell you why Roddy Hickman deserves to be on the field. Jason. I'm Jason Lloyd. I'm going to tell you that Joe Flacco is 59 yards away from passing Johnny Manziel on the Browns' all-time passing list. Mikey. I'm Mikey McNuggets, and last night in downtown Cleveland was epic, and I can't wait to see what happens when none of the Browns beat the Bengals next week but win two or three games in the playoffs. Guys, the uh, Cleveland Browns are 11-5, and five, and we, we've gone through the litany of things that they have had to overcome this year. Of all the things they've had to overcome this year, what, what, what is the most shocking to you? Is there, is there one thing? What is, this season has <laughs> defied logic. It it's has. always been the quarterback. You yeah. lose your quarterback, it's typically over with. And the Browns lost everything, especially offensively. And, you know, we've all this league has gone to being an offensive league. And this year, the defense has carried them. So I would I would like to say it's the quarterback, but it, it might, at this point, it might be the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> the the one two punch of losing the quarterback and the franchise running back. Yeah. It should it should be too much to come back from. And to do what this team has done is remarkable. I was talking to some of the Jets riders last night, the New York guys, who said the Jets are still making excuses about losing Brees Hall last year and saying, what did you want us to do? Yeah. We lost our franchise running back. We lost our top running back. And the New York guys are like, look at Cleveland. Look at what Cleveland's doing. Yeah. Explain that. The, we, we talked about it earlier. Kevin Stefanski has erased every excuse for every coach in the NFL. Yeah. And he's probably going to cost some guys their jobs this year because of the unbelievable job that he has done. They have rebuilt the culture in Cleveland. They've cleansed the locker room of all the dysfunction. The entire franchise just feels completely different. It's great to see. Yeah, they've gone from a loser mentality to a winner men- winning mentality. This team expects to win. Mm-hmm. For years, we've been either following this team or covering this team, and it felt like they always found a way to lose. Yeah. This year, they always find a way to win. You know, and, and even early in the season when they lost that game, that weird game to the Steelers, it still felt like, oh, same old Browns. But ever since then... It has been a totally different uh, feeling to this team. And no matter who gets hurt, this team is just like, doesn't matter. Next, next guy up is often just 
a phrase. It's you know, coaches yeah. say. Yeah. Right? It's coach speak. But for this team, it's real. Well, I thought that the most interesting thing about this season, and it was something that I was going to pay attention to is, you know, when the team goes through and you're making that culture change, the first thing is you're going to face adversity at some point. Yeah. And it's so easy for you to be like, you know what? This is what we did. This happened all the time. Let's just go ahead and revert back. It's the yeah. same old thing. But I think they did such a good job of getting some positive people in there, some guys that's had winning experience in there, yeah. that even if your brain naturally wanted to just revert back to your old ways, it was some leader there that said, no, we're yeah. not doing that. That's not going to happen this year. And it held them to a new standard, and yeah. that's why they're able to succeed. That's why they're yeah. looking for ways to win games. And, Tyvis, you said it. I don't know if you said this earlier in the week or it was last week. You made a good point, and I think it's dead on. The Browns have had to deal with so many injuries that for other teams now that haven't dealt with the injuries, mm -hmm. if they lose a guy in game, it's like they fall apart. Yep. We saw that last week with Houston. Like they lost a couple of guys on defense. They completely cratered. With the Browns, it's they're so used to it at this point that yep. it's it's no sweat. When, I, when somebody else gets hurt, you just keep going. It truly means that the guys that's that's twos and threes, they really go into practice like, let me I need to know my playbook because I need to know the game plan. I need to know the adjustments because there is a strong chance that I'm going to go in this game and play because how this season has been. To whereas other teams, I've been on other on teams in this league yeah. where you know you don't got a shot of playing. And you just go through the week. You go through practice. You, do the, you go through the motions. And if game time comes and you go in, you really don't know what's going on. But I think the Browns have done a great job of getting all their young guys and all their twos and threes up to speed that they prepare themselves to be starters. Joe Flacco throws for over 300 yards again. Almost all that, the offense was kind of non-existent in the second half, but the game was put away. They didn't even run that many plays in the second half. But that first half, guys, Jason, I mean, with no Amari Cooper mm. and then eventually Elijah Moore getting hurt, for him to put up 296 yards against one of the best secondaries in the league was just Mind-blowing. No, Amari Cooper made it just remarkable. Right. And, and when you're throwing to Elijah Moore, who hasn't done hardly anything all year, and Cedric Tillman, and David Bell's now on the field, this is your route tree. This is what you have to choose from. And obviously, Njoku had another big game. We talked to Bernie on the YouTube show about how is this guy always open? Why? How is David Njoku at this point in the season <laughs> as open as he is, just rumbling down the field full steam ahead? Uh, he's having a monster year. He's getting close to 1,000 yards. And it's a credit to Joe. It's a credit to Flacco and the yeah. chemistry that these guys have developed as quickly as they have. They speak the same language. They see it the same way. Joe sees it the same way as Kevin does. They understand how they want to play. You know, he, people have mentioned before the Gary Kubiak connection, and it's true, but it's, it's small because they only spent a year together in Minnesota, and Joe and Kubiak spent a year together. So there is a little bit, but not much. I asked Joe last night if he knew Kevin at all. He said no. He never really knew him before he got here. Yeah. But these guys just fit together. The way that they see it and the way that they call it just fits. You mentioned Njoku. You know, we talked about earlier on, on YouTube about, you know, is he now with the elite tight ends <laughs> in the league? And, you know, those guys have done it for more years. So maybe, maybe not. But he's playing as well as anybody right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. Here's the one thing. He's probably the best in football. Yards after the catch yes. for a tight end. I mean, I, there's no. First of all, he he's built like a tank. I mean, he's hard to tackle. I, have you you want to do his workout? You got to go with me and Mikey should, and do his workout. You yeah. you will understand why he's built like a tank. Well, and like, not only is he big and strong, but he's such a great athlete. And mm -hmm. to have a like, how many tight ends are great athletes and also big or strong? Can catch the ball 
and can also block real well. There's not a lot of guys like that. I think the biggest difference with him this year is the mindset. I think he now truly believes that I am as good as everybody, all these other tight ends in the league. Yeah. When he gets right. that ball and it's a DB, he thinks to himself, dude, you, you don't train as hard as me. You don't work as hard as me, so I'm going to just run straight through you. That's why it's so hard to get that man down. How many times have we seen him make get a catch, and as he's getting tackled, he keeps his feet moving on contact, yep. and he picks up those yards. I remember the one game where he got the where he drove the guy 10 yards down yep, the yep. field before they could even tackle him. It's a mindset thing. When he gets that ball, he yeah. thinks to himself, I'm scoring a touchdown. How much fun like this has got to be. I listen, the 2020 season was fun. I don't mean to diminish what the Browns did that year, what Baker did that year, which fancy. But because there was no fans at the games, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. This has got to be the most fun Brown season in decades. Oh, for sure. You go back. There was, I guess, I was trying to remember, in 2002, the last time they clinched at home, it was the Run-William Run game that, of course, our Jim Donovan called. But the Browns still hadn't clinched until later in the day. So the last time that the Browns played a game, won the game, clinched a playoff spot, knew they were in, was the 80s. It was the 1980s when they did it at home, I think it was. So it's been decades, literally, since anything like this has happened. I agree on 2020. It felt good. It was fun. But nobody could gather. Nobody could celebrate it together. Nobody could enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Tyvis, we were both at the game last night. That stadium was full before kickoff Mm. by 8 p.m. The LED lights were going off. The fireworks were going off. The introductions. The place was rocking. It was a great environment. I love it for the city. I love it for Browns fans all over the country, really. It's just, it's, it's finally, it's so been so long in the making and it's just appreciate it. Just embrace it. You never know. You never know. You assume that they're going to be good for a while. Yeah, and right. I do think that Kevin and AB, Andrew Barry are the right formula. And I think they're going to be here for a long time. And I do think that this is a new era of Browns football, but you just don't know. This is such a magical year. You just have to embrace it and enjoy it and just enjoy the ride wherever it goes. See, what you say right now is something that I harp on. You know, when I was a player, you know, it's so many times that you hear guys be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be good for, for years to come. Right. And that don't get caught up in that. You, you The only thing that's guaranteed is right now. Yep. Don't right. let this moment pass. Yeah, you might be good next year, or you might go off the cliff, and it might not never happen again. The only guarantee is this year. But I will say, I was at home uh, this morning when I woke up. This season just kind of gave me, you know, it's been a magical season. So I was thinking about, I went back and I watched when the Cavs beat the the Warriors. Yeah. And I was watching it and I just seen all the emotions on it and how magical of a season is. This feels like that to me for some odd reason, where nobody really gives them a chance. It doesn't really make sense how they're getting it done, but they find a way to get it done. If they did in this season with the Super Bowl, it really would not be that surprising because this season has just been that magical. Oh, for sure. And I'm, think about the absurdity of that. Like, that's it's not thing, absurd. I would never have said that. But, like, that think of if, we, if I would have told you everything that's happened and I would have said, Tyvis, you're going to say that they have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. And none of us disagree, right? Like, go back to the Seahawks game. Absolutely, go to the Super Bowl. When your boy P.J. Walker is bouncing passes whoa, off helmets. Philip, And they lose the game to the Seahawks. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if we were sitting there then and saying, Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback and the Browns could go to the Super Bowl and no one would argue. Like, right? It's irrational. Who can't it's they illogical. Beat? Nobody. nobody. There's nobody. There's no every team that's good. They've beat. Yeah. Well, that they play. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Baltimore is good. The 49ers, they've beat. They them. beat them both. They're yeah. the best team in each conference. I mean, they they haven't played Miami. They haven't played Buffalo. But everybody they've played that's any good, they've beaten. 
wild times, man. It's a, it's a it's a really good time to be a Browns fan right now. And like I said, th- this season, no matter how it ends, it's going to go down as one of the best seasons in Browns history, in my personal opinion. Yeah, no doubt the most fun. And if they can make any kind of run in the playoffs, it's it's going to be a whole nother level. Go ahead, Mike. When you look at the offensive stats from last night, too, yeah. this was the Jets defense that came into the game with the number two ranked pass defense in the entire NFL, only behind Cleveland. But the Browns averaged seven and a half yards per play. They ran for four and a half yards per carry, almost double what they'd done the last four weeks. And they averaged 17 yards per completion. It almost defies logic yeah. that this offense, without Amari Cooper, with Joe Flacco, as we said time and time again, is almost inexplainable what he's doing was able to have that much efficiency and explosiveness yeah. against a really talented group. I'm glad you brought this up because I – let me see that. Because I said it on YouTube, but I need to say it on TV so they got – so they get – this earlier this week, I kind of gave Joe Flacco some asterisks over his performances because he did it against a 29th-ranked pass defense, a 27th-ranked pass defense, and a 25th-ranked pass defense. So I'm like, yeah, he's supposed to throw for 300 yards. Those guys are the bottom of the barrel. Last night, he did it against the second-ranked pass defense where he had over 300 yards, and they haven't given up a 300-yard passer since 20 – what was it, 2020? It was Tom Brady, Tom Brady in 2021. Yeah, so it's been a bunch, a long time, and he still got it done without Amari Cooper. Yeah. Joe Flacco, you are the real deal. I am officially wacko for Flacco like the rest of Cleveland. <laughs> the, the whole town's going nuts for this guy. He is beloved – and this guy was a guy you hated because he played for the Ravens. Played for the Ravens. And uh, did you see that? You guys see that clip after the game? C.J. Mosley, who also played with, with him with the Jets, played with him with the Ravens, comes up to him and he's like, this is cr-, like basically like, this is crazy. They yeah. hate it. I can't remember exactly what he said. But he was basically like, they're cheering for you. Cleveland <laughs> fan. Got like, signs just, and everything. Yeah, it was like it was like his mind was blown. It was TNF, Thursday Night Football, the new Flacco. That's what it stood for. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. The, the crowd chanted Flacco, and the running game got going last night. Every, it was amazing. Who would have ever thought Joe Flacco and Cleveland needed each other as much as they, they really did? I know. Cleveland <laughs> desperately needed a quarterback and needed someone, a veteran, an adult in the room yeah. who could come in and handle responsibilities. And Joe needed an opportunity. And, and yeah. of all places for this to happen, Cleveland and Joe Flacco needed yeah. each other. And he found is, each other at the altar. And he's got to love this because you got to believe he felt underappreciated of in Baltimore. Of course. And he, the fans can't get enough I, of him. I wrote about that this week. Yeah. Even the Super Bowl that they won, it, yeah. was, it was a yeah, but. Yeah, but yeah. you have a Hall of Fame defense. Right. Yeah, but you got Ray Lewis. Even though he played yeah, great that postseason. He was the MVP of the yeah. Super Bowl. But it was still just a yeah, but. Never been to a Pro Bowl. Never gotten an MVP vote. Uh, Derek Carr has gotten MVP votes, not not Joe Flacco. And and so I do think that this is his. I've said it before. This is his walk up the 18th fairway that he never yeah. thought. He thought his career was over. It was December. It was November. Nobody had called him yet. Yeah. Of course he thinks it's over. And to get this opportunity to be embraced, to be cherished the way that he is, it's an unbelievable story. It's a terrific story. I don't want it to end. All he needed was Kevin Stefanski. That's all he needed. Peanut That's butter right. and jelly. Joe Flacco and Kevin Stefanski. PB and J. And kudos to the offensive line playing much better the last two weeks. Flacco has not been sacked two weeks in a row. They created some huge holes in the running game. If you go back and look at the Kareem Hunt touchdown, it was a parting of the, of the sea there. It was unbelievable. They're doing a great job. All right, we've still got a lot to get to here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. When we come back, Miles Garrett, has he locked up the play, Defensive Player of the Year? I believe so. But first, this PCC airfoil break. 
Welcome back. It's a Browns clinching the playoff edition of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show here on WKYC. If, you, if you're new to us, make sure you check us out on YouTube. Go to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube. We're on every weekday from 11 a.m. to 12 to 1 p.m. And on Fridays, 11 a.m. to 12.30 before coming over to WKYC. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our page and give us a thumbs up. Guys, uh, Miles Garrett obviously has been in contention for the Defensive Player of the Year Award. Last night, he... He ended a sackless drought of four games. He had one. He had, a, I think he had like 11 pressures in this game, some ridiculous number. He was in the backfield. He's playing against Makai Becton, who outweighs him by like 100 pounds. Yeah, but he was, I mean, they did a great job of showing him getting leverage. He, I thought he was outstanding last night. He looked back to his normal self. Do you guys believe that he locked down the player, the Defensive Player of the Year award last night? Well, I think it's come down to him and uh, Michael Parsons, I think, are the like, two heavy favorites. Obviously, you yeah. got to see what Michael Parsons well, but Just because Vegas has it that way doesn't necessarily that's mean true. it's the case, That's true. But, but both of them really have direct impacts on the game. I think what I like about Miles is that he's playing the run game really well. Obviously, he didn't have the sacks for those, what, three or four games but he still was very heavily involved in the run game. And teams still have to game plan around Miles Garrett. He still has, last night, just completely lived in the backfield. I mean, some of the plays that he was making, he definitely looked back to his old self. He continues to play, well, we don't know. What, seeing how this game goes with Baltimore and Miami, we yeah. don't know if he's going to play next week or not. If that was his final performance and that's the last thing that these voters see, I would definitely say he would win DPOY. He should win it. Absolutely, yeah. he should win it. I hope he does. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation if Baltimore locks up the one seed. I think, <laughs> I'd like to be a fly on the wall in the room when Miles and Kevin sit down and Kevin tries to tell him, maybe you should sit this one out. <laughs> you know Miles Garrett's going to want to be on that yeah, field. Yeah. But, I mean, he was on the field at the end of the game when the game was over. Yeah, he, you're going to have a hard time dragging him off that field, yeah. but I do think it's probably the right call to sit him if there's nothing left to play for. But I, I think he's done enough. And I didn't see it. Obviously, I was at the game. I didn't see the broadcast. But I guess the broadcast did a nice job of integrating some of those advanced metrics that show yeah. how dominant he has been, even though you can't just go off of one column. You can't just go strictly off sacks. And hopefully the voters don't do that, where they just look solely at the sacks. Hopefully you look at overall impact. You look at some of the injuries that they've had, the way he's carried this team defensively. And also this sometimes does become sort of a lifetime achievement award. Whether you like it or not, yeah. okay, this guy's due. He hasn't had it yet. We'll go ahead and anoint it to him. Yeah. Miles doesn't have one yet. Now should be the time he should win it. Yeah, in my mind, this is a no-brainer. I think Miles Garrett has clearly been the best defensive player this year, whether he plays in the, in the last game or not. He's had a tremendous season. Um, he get Even with a much-improved defensive line, he still gets double teamed way more than anybody else mm -hmm. because everybody in the league knows he is the scariest guy yeah. you have to face. And that's no disrespect to T.J. Watt. He's a great player and teams care about him, but he is not the dominant force. If you put those guys in the exact same situation, Miles Garrett's going to come out on top. And I saw some, some guy I never heard of who writes for the USA Today say, well, you know, T.J. Watt's got two more sacks, and T.J. Watt's got seven more tackles, and he scored a touchdown. By the way, that touchdown he scored against the Browns, the ball just popped to him. It wasn't like he made that play. Right. Alex Heisman made the play. The point is, and I saw Steve Palazzolo of Pro Football Focus said, so these guys play a 1,000 plays or whatever, more, whatever, however many plays, 
and you're saying because he has two more sacks and three more tackles, there's so much more to look at. Yeah, that's not. And if you look at all the advanced statistics, and not even things that are that are like a PFF grade, which is you don't even know how to figure that out. There's other things like pressures and win rate and all this stuff where Miles Garrett dominates, and you have to factor in the fact that he gets double team more than anyone else. He is a wrecking ball of a player. He should definitely win defensive player of the well, year. I think Miles is also like top of the list or close to the top of the list on TFLs, forced fumbles, yeah. win rate, double team. All of that. All of those things factoring. I know sacks is the big thing that we look at. And he's not that far out of first place on that as well. But I think just overall, his game is at the top of the list. He does so much. And every offensive coordinator starts their game plan saying, how do we stop 95? We can't do nothing until 95 is taken care of. Herb Street uh, did a great job yesterday. The guy's the best analyst in the the league. You got some of those stats? Yeah, just PFF isn't the Bible here. But Miles Garrett is on pace to set the defensive end slash edge Record in PFF, in overall grade with a 94 on the season right now, in a pass rush win grade at a 95, a pass rush win rate at 28.1, and a true pass rush win rate, which takes out run plays and, and focuses just on pass plays, at 37%. Those would break PFF's right. single-season records. And, and Miles Garrett has done it all this season. And last night on the broadcast, he was using next-gen stats, which is another you know, analytics-based program, and, and he just dominates in all these areas. I don't know who's ultimately going to win it. I think it should be Miles Garrett. According to FanDuel, we had the numbers up there before. He's an overwhelming favorite at this point. He really stood out, and he's, you know, I don't, the idea that you have to give it to the best player on the best defense, I don't necessarily agree with that. He happens to be the best player on the best defense. Yeah. But I, I think you give it to him because he's the best player, not just because the Browns' defense is the best. Yeah, I agree. I, he's done everything he could possibly do. He's fought through injury. He's had the shoulder issue the last few weeks. I thought it affected him for a couple of weeks, and lately the last couple of games he feels like he's back to himself. I ain't hearing that touchdown thing either because the Colts game, he stripped the ball. It just didn't land in his lap. Right. Somebody that, else got stupid. it, but that's, that, that's, that would have been easily yeah, his silly. touchdown. Yeah, that's like, just, that don't make makes no, no sense. sense. Fortunately, I think that, that voter that type is in the minority. I think that I voters right. to this point are a little bit more – uh, polished and a little bit more advanced in how they look at these things. By the way, real quick, we talked about how he could win Defensive Player of the Year, Stefanski could win Coach of the Year, Joe Flacco. I know they're going to give it to Demar Hamlin. I don't. I'm not so sure. Which they shouldn't. <laughs> I'm not so sure. And I, you this know, is the Demar best. Hamlin. You give him a separate type of award for being alive, <laughs> right? He's for, he was dead and now he's alive. He's he's played one game yeah. all season. Yeah. I don't know how he's comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco should be he's the best story in the NFL. And isn't there an award for best assistant coach of the year? Yeah. That's got to go to Jim, Jim Schwartz, Schwartz, though. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right, Mike, you got to read for us. What do you got? If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We are handing out our game balls with the ultimate Cleveland sports show on WKYC returns next. Welcome back to the ultimate Cleveland sports show here on WKYC. Look for us on YouTube, the ultimate Cleveland sports show. And now it's time for the ultimate game balls. Let's go to Tyvis first. 
My game ball goes to Miles Garrett. Obviously, he's had a phenomenal game, but the conditions that he was playing under, he just recently had an uncle pass away Christmas night. He played with a heavy heart, and he still had a passionate game out there. So, game ball goes to Miles Garrett. Yeah, we didn't mention that today. Condolences, obviously, to Miles yeah. Garrett. It's, it's tough. He talked about his mom, you know, decided that he should play, and we're glad he did, but we feel everybody feels terrible for him and his family. My game ball goes to who else? Joe Flacco, baby! The guy against the Jets, the second-best pass defense in the league at 38 years old without his best receiver, threw for 296 first-half yards, went over 300 for the game again. He's been phenomenal. Take that game ball, Joe. Jason? I'm going to cut my game ball in half. I'm going to give half to Kevin Stefanski and half to Andrew Berry. The job that they've done this year, both of them, front office coaching staff, remarkable. They hit, they filled every hole they needed. They hit on undrafted guys. They hit on free agents. Kevin kept the ship together. The quarterback went down. The running back went down. All the injuries, they've kept this thing going. They should be coach of the year, executive of the year. Give them every award. And for today, I'll give them my game ball, too. Well done, And for Mikey. my game ball, how about the city of Cleveland and the fans of this franchise who have had to sit through decades of non-winning football to cherish the moment last night? The atmosphere in the city was unbelievable, and the fans, the people of this city, deserve the game ball just as much as any of the players do. Cleveland, this was Love a good kiss up to the fans, Mike. Way to go. <laughs> Thanks to everybody for watching here at WKYC. Look for us on YouTube, of course. We love you all. Playoffs are coming. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week right here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.